Louise McSharry on 2FM. And now, my friends, it is 10.31 on a Sunday morning. It is the time I look forward to every week. It's time to talk popular culture. Yes, that's right. Today, I am joined by Cassie Delaney, founder of the Tall Tales Podcast Production Network. Hello, Cassie Delaney. Hi, Louise. How are you? Oh, it's a it's... glorious morning to talk about pop culture. Isn't it just? And we've got so much to talk about. Oh, so much. It's been a busy week. It has. And like, we'll start with, it feels like old news now. Uh, Daft Punk are giving up. They are after nearly three decades. So 28 years of making music together. The lads kind of announced their departure in this fantastic little short film called Epilogue, which seems like, to me, it seems like the kind of film they planned when they started out 28 years ago when they were teenagers and they were like, look, when it all comes to an end, we'll walk into the desert, one of us will blow up and that's how we'll announce that we're finished. <laughs> um, which is exactly what they did over the course of seven minutes. So it was um, mm-hmm. definitely an odd announcement, but an oddly kind of emotional one too for fans of the band. Yeah, big time. And I think people of a certain age, it feels extremely significant. But it's it's funny that they chose to end it like it's not exactly it is with a bang but it's not because they didn't they haven't released anything like it's just like oh we haven't released anything for a while and we're not going to no but here's a literal bang like one of us will explode in the (laughs) desert and yeah no it is it's really it's really funny there as well what you say about like loads of people of a certain age because we're seeing a lot of think pieces now from like very established journalists talking about when they were young and poor and going into clubs and listening to daft punk and it's kind of like oh i don't know if this is the sort of the ending that we needed to Daft Punk but it is um yeah it is it is strange but like I just think you know under the helmets they're probably like 72 like they're probably just tired it's time to retire they've been going at it a really long time it's okay to be tired and I think as well it's probably like the the outpouring of nostalgia and sadness is probably very much impacted by the fact that nobody's been in a nightclub for well unless you're in Australia you haven't been in a nightclub for yonks and everybody's nostalgic for nightclubs anyway or like any kind of dance floor I know Anyway, Even going back over the list of their, their greatest hits this morning, I was like, I would give anything to hear these. I would actually even give anything to hear Linda Martin perform Get Lucky in a nightclub. <laughs> so would I. OK, let's move on. Let's talk about Lady Gaga. This story about her dogs and her poor dog walker is wild. Give it to us. I know. So Lady Gaga's dog walker, Lady Gaga's off on a production at the moment and her dog walker, Ryan Fisher, was out walking her three French bulldogs on Wednesday when he was shot with a semi-automatic handgun. Um, kind of these, this car pulled up, someone shot him and they demanded the three French bulldogs. Now one of the dogs, Miss Asia, managed to escape and get away. But Ryan was left kind of like collapsed on the ground, sort of, you know, in critical condition as passers-by jumped to his rescue and helped him and kept him awake till the ambulance arrived. But yeah, it's it's wild. They didn't know whether he was targeted because they recognised them as Lady Gaga's dogs or whether it's just it's just a thing because I didn't know this until I was reading up on this story, but the breeding of French bulldogs is so difficult because of the size of their heads. They have to be delivered by cesarean sections, so it's really, really hard to breed them. So hence why they're being stolen and um sold on as well and it's an issue that we have here but obviously um more significant in LA where I think there's probably more French bulldogs um but he's fine 
Ryan is expected to make a full recovery. God love him. Thank after God. His being yeah. shot in the chest. Um, and the dogs were returned to Lady Gaga on Friday. And so she did get them back. Do they know who, like, how she got them back? Or, like, was it the people who stole the dogs? Or had they, had, was it the person who had bought the dogs? They don't have know. a change of conscience. No. So we don't we don't really know. We know that it was a woman who walked into a police station in L.A. and handed back over the dogs. But they've said that she seems to be unconnected to the crime. So whether she found them or came across them, didn't maybe didn't realize they were Lady Gaga's dogs and casually walked back into the police station with them. Lady Gaga did put up a half a million dollars reward for the return of Koji and Gustav or their names. Um, to get them back safely. So, yeah, it's it's not clear whether they've caught the people who are going around stealing dogs and, more importantly, shooting people in the chest. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of a, a breaking story. I guess it's still active at the moment, but hopefully they catch them and stop them. I have um, um, and, and, a hypothetical know. for you, Cass. Um, you come mm. across Lady Gaga's dogs just on the street. Mm-hmm. You just come across them yeah. and you're like, oh, those are Lady Gaga's lost dogs. I'm going to bring them mm-hmm. to the police station so that Lady Gaga can get them back. Do you pursue the reward or do you just leave it? I would probably not pursue the award. Now, I'm, I'm saying that now. Ask me in an actual real life situation. I'm saying that, Louise, because I'm on the radio and my mom is listening. So I would not pursue the mm-hmm. award reward and I would do the right thing and hand back the dogs but I would want like a cup of tea or something with Gaga yeah I would want to just like sit down and chat to her yeah so I I know knowing myself I would not pursue the reward but it would be out of uh, embarrassment I would be too embarrassed yeah. to pursue it and then I would resent it for the rest of my life mm. that's that's a healthy way to I would do think things, about right? it often yeah yeah like, I'd be like that that was a house in Wicklow like that's I yeah. would, that's what I would think about all the time yeah exactly right I there. would be sitting in my rental home thinking why did I god damn it god damn well, it know, Irish embarrassment <laughs> yeah. If we sat down for a cup of tea, yeah, you imagine walking into the police station, be like, no, you're grand, you're at, you're no, honestly, it's grand. fine. Someone's no, take standing, the check yeah, back. No, fine. I can't. Oh I no, can't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'll give you half a million euro. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Um, okay, well, look, I'm just so glad that they're safe and sound, and I know that Gaga Me is too. too. I mean, it's just honestly, stealing dogs is sick, absolutely sick, and know, shooting and people four. also not good. Not great, but while we're on the dog thing, four dogs a week are stolen in Ireland. Just keep that in mind. Well, sure, we all know about poor Twink. I know. And I Teddy know. Bear. We're going to talk about. I know. We'll talk about yeah. Twink a little bit more in a little while. But first, let's talk about Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen, who have made a podcast. Yes. I mean, they're just like the rest of us, aren't they? They're two lads sitting down, shooting the breeze, and they're like, do you know what? This should be a podcast. <laughs> and so. Um, they've decided to release just a podcast about their chats. Um, no, so they released a new show with Spotify called Renegades, which is the two of them talking about their experiences of growing up in America and what work needs to be done to get to a more united America and where okay. they still need to go. And it's a lovely kind of chat between the two friends. They became friends in 2008 when Obama was on his campaign trail. And it's interesting to hear them discuss their kind of upbringings that are very different obviously they've had very different experiences of America but they have the same hopes for it but it is posing a slight problem in that the premise of the podcast is talking about creating this united America and 
all the work that has to be done to bring people back together. And people are pointing out that, well, yeah, that's all well and good, but Obama has signed a multi-million dollar deal with Spotify to release this show exclusively. And he's kind of in bed with one of the tech giants and that's not a united America, you know? So I can see both sides of the argument oh, here. come on, you have to get your message to the people. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you yeah, have to, you, do. you use the, the resources that you have, you know? I mean, yeah, the, and the, yeah. the millions, that's just a bonus for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have a little Absolutely. clip here. Uh, let's get a feel for the podcast. In our own ways, Bruce and I have been on parallel journeys, looking for a way to connect our own individual searches for meaning, truth and community with the largest story of America. And over the course of a few days, all just a few miles from where he grew up, we talked. It made sense if you're going to be a rock and roll star, you're going to play the guitar. Guitars were cheap. I could actually work a job, which I did. And I saved up $18, bought a cheap guitar. Then I started to learn some Beatles stuff. I learned Twist and Shout. Did your folks say anything? Keep it down! There you go. Two real Americans. I actually am yeah. going to listen to that because I love Bruce Springsteen. They're so am I. They just are two two regular guys. Just one <laughs> former president and one international rock star. Just <laughs> shooting the breeze. Okay, we've got lots more to talk about, including uh, Prince Harry uh, spending some time with James Corden and making their conversations available to us. Uh, very much looking forward to chatting about that. The Real Housewives all-star show. I can barely talk about it I'm so excited and of course we'll have to talk about what's going on with Twink that's all coming up after this Louise McSherry on 2FM what a banger Harry Styles and treat people with kindness on 2FM god I love him do you love him Cass? oh I'm obsessed with him Louise like obsessed it's problematic I love him I just think he's perfect that's such a lovely little song for the summer isn't it isn't it just I am talking to Cassie Delaney founder of Tall Tales podcast production and we are chatting about the week's stories in popular culture and Harry Prince Harry uh, what is his official mm. title now? Is he still just Prince Harry? I'm going to call him Prince Harry. Um, he, I think we just go with Prince Harry. Yeah, yeah, good. He filmed some larks and laughs with James Corden for James Corden's Late Late Show, didn't he, Cass? He did. And this is a great scoop because obviously Harry and um, Meghan are supposed to be sitting down with Oprah to be released on the 7th of March. And James just went ahead and released all these exclusive clips last night on YouTube and on his show. So he kind of swooped in there and was like, Oprah... I've got connections. Let's talk about who's the real, the king of talk show TV now, um, which everyone is talking about. So it's exciting for him. He obviously has done some great exclusives over the last while. He brought the Pillow Queens to the US, which we're forever grateful for. Yeah. Um, so he has released this kind of clip of the two of them horsing around in an open top bus going around LA, uh, which is interesting because Harry's like, I've never been on an open top bus before. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like he's come out of confinement rather than he's retired from the royal life because it just feels all a bit regulated or something um but yeah the two of them are just driving around having a bit of crack yeah i there's actually a 17 minute video on youtube if you want to go and watch it you can um i watched it this morning it is very enjoyable um they go mm. to yeah they they do loads of loads of things and they have loads of crack but um you know harry just comes across as such a lovely warm guy and you know oh, cassie I met Prince Harry. Did you? You know, I, I met Megan. And I met Megan as well. 
Well, well, I met Megan as well, Cassie. Are Where we, did you are meet we her? Friends with the former royals. Uh, when she was in Dublin participating in One Young World back in the day. Oh yeah. Um, there was loads of famous people at that. That was a great day out. And what was that? That was a conference. So that's a youth conference where she's and actually she's been involved in this from very early on. This is part of her philanthropic work where it's a conference of represents young representatives under the age of 30 from every country in the world. Dublin hosted it, I think, in 2014, maybe. Mm. And um, they bring people together, Richard Branson, Bob Geldof, and it's all about discussion on climate change and positive moving forward and and um, there's funding for social entrepreneurships and it's brilliant. It's a fantastic initiative. It's kind of, it started in London yeah. um, and they go around the world every year, obviously. And you met Megan pending. there now. And did you like her? I did. She was lovely. So, yeah. so lovely. So friendly. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a lovely kind of thing to be a part of. The, it's, she was talking about her, basically her charity work and stuff that she has done before. Um, and she's just a real inspiration. Just a real nice woman. Well, the reason that I brought up meeting them was not just to bring up that I met them although obviously I do like to do that occasionally um, <laughs> but I DJ'd the British Embassy had uh, a party for them when they came to visit Dublin and I was the DJ it was cool I played all Irish music um, and then at the very yeah. end I got to meet them um, and like the vibe that I got she was really cool she kind of knew a little bit about me which I was very impressed by and he was funny like he was like yeah. making jokes and I was like, okay, I get this. This is your vibe. And I was thinking it must actually, because seeing him chat to James Corden, you do get that, you know, he's good crack, definitely. And it must have been hard for him. Like all of their interactions when, you know, in their capacity as the royal family are very brief. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you get to meet They'd people but so for two seconds. Yeah, they're so formal. Yeah. So how do you get across that? No, no, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. fun. Like I'm not dry. You know, I would feel immense pressure to kind of perform my personality in those really quick interactions wouldn't you oh all the time yeah can I just say as well DJing for them certainly is cooler than meeting them at a youth conference but um <laughs> so I'm sorry I brought that up but um yeah he's he's really getting a chance I suppose to bring back his um bring his personality to the foreground here like he's talking about Archie and waffles and just normal good crack stuff they call Megan on FaceTime and they try and get her to buy a house um, and she's really funny as well but we knew she was funny you know yeah. she's been in the public eye before yeah um, so it's really nice to see this side of them and interestingly he says in the video with James that he's not he didn't try and step down from life as a royal he just wanted to step back a little bit and do what every family needed to do and move away from the yeah. pressures um, of London. He I says actually, it was really impacting his mental health. Yeah, I, ha I have a little clip here of him talking about that. Let's have a listen. It was never, it was never walking away. It was, it was stepping back rather than stepping down. Right. Um, you know, it was a really difficult environment, as I think a lot of people saw. We all know what the British press can be like, and it was destroying my mental health. I was really? like, this is toxic. Yeah. So I did what any husband and what any father would do, is like, I need to get my family out of here. But we never walked away. And as far as I'm concerned, whatever decisions are made on that side, I will never walk away. I will always be contributing. But my life is public service. So wherever I am in the world, it's going to be the same thing. Fair play to him. Yeah, great guy. I'm really excited for them. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Now, I think we've kind of, I'm sure there's going to be people going, will you ever shut up and stop stop wilting over Prince Harry? Um, so we'll move on and we'll talk about the Real Housewives because this is brilliant news.
I'm just surprised this hasn't happened before. And I know we've talked about housewives before. I'm like a peripheral housewife viewer because it's sort of ever present on in on in my home, but I don't <laughs> really engage with it. But this is a great idea. So they're taking loads of them from different franchises and putting them in a house together. People like just, fans have been asking for this for years but I think it's because of the pandemic they're really short on content like a lot of their shows yeah. were delayed so they've got to do something and this is genius um, yeah I'm locking so them up excited. together in confinement I mean if we've no learned anything from 2020 it's that putting people in a house stuck together can only be a good thing so put them all in the same house and just film it and see what happens it's like big brother meets real housewives I just think it's going to be chaotic and I will fully engage and commit to this series. Well, anyone who is a, a big time fan of The Real Housewives like me, who's seen all the franchises, I will just say this to you. Watching the latest episode of Atlanta, all I could think about was what Ramona's face would look like as she watched the episode because it was something. Let me tell you, there is a big difference between some of these franchises and what goes on in one would not be accepted in another. So it is very, very exciting. Okay, now let's move on. Robbie Williams has a biop biopic, excuse me, um, <laughs> which is uh, going to be produced and directed by the uh, director of The Greatest Showman, apparently. Yes, so Michael Gracie, who was the director of The Greatest Showman and actually the director of Rocket Man as well, um, has in talks with Robbie Williams and people about bringing his story to the big screen. And I think it's really interesting because in my mind, this is mildly offensive. He said that the reason he was drawn to Robbie Williams' story is because unlike Elton John of Rocket Man or The Greatest Showman or, um, or unlike, say, uh, Freddie Mercury, who was the subject of Bohemian Rhapsody, great films. He was like, Robbie Williams really isn't a musical icon. Like, he's not a prodigy. So it's an interesting story, you know? Wow. And I'm like, hmm, it is, I suppose, interesting to take someone who's mildly talented and examine their life on the big screen to um, understand how that happened. Um, but what's, what is interesting about it is that Gracie is saying he wants to do this in a really original way. Um, and he he's quoted in The Independent saying he went to the cinema as a kid and there was like these big films that blew him away. And when he sat in the cinema, he wants to be able to create that feeling of, oh, my God, I've never seen this done before. So um, that's interesting. Funny one to choose Robbie Williams as the subject of that kind of endeavor. But uh, we'll see. It is exciting. I wonder will they touch on Robbie Williams's brief dalliance believing in aliens? Um, but otherwise we'll see kind of his rise to fame from 16 into Take That and then as a solo artist. I mean, look, I'd watch it. Um, now, let's let's take, go closer to home because uh, Twink has been airing her frustrations. Our beloved Twink. I just, I do have to say I adore Twink before I even get into the story. I have been such a fan of Twinks all my life as a fellow Knockliner. I just, she, she has done yes, such but, great work Cassie, for our community. She says she lives in Rathfarnham. She does say that, but like she lives in literally the the most suppose, iconic building yeah. in Knockline, right opposite the central and cultural hub of Knockline, which is our super value. Yeah. So um, she is uh, she's she's been giving out on Joe Duffy because she can't get a picture frame during the pandemic. So obviously she has been working in the entertainment industry for the last year because of the pandemic and because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of productions are shut down. Uh, Twink's other kind of sideline hustle was Theatre of Cakes, which is this beautiful little cake stand thing that she does at the bottom of her 
huge manor in Knockline, um, where she sells a couple of cupcakes and different cakes to people at the weekends. And obviously that's been shut down now because of COVID as well. So she's turned her hand to portraits and um, commissioning, being commissioned to do artwork for friends and family. But she's annoyed because she can't get any frames in Home Store and More to frame her artwork. And she wanted to gift her good friend Maxie a portrait for her 70th birthday. Um, so in true, just where else would you go to issue a formal complaint to the government? She rang Liveline and she um, expressed her anger about the kind of lack of clarity around guidelines and how she could walk into Home Store and Morning, she could buy a pot, but she can't buy a picture frame. Um, so she's just kind of becoming the spokesperson, I guess, of frustration in Ireland in general during this trying time. But I think that she has a kind of, I think I understand her point. Now, obviously, she can go on the Internet and buy a picture frame. But I do understand the frustration that she's in a store and there's some sections that are cornered off. Yeah. And then she also references that it's unfair on sort of small producers where you can walk into a supermarket, say, and buy flowers. And right next door, there's a, a small florist that's yeah. not allowed to open. There is definitely so, an argument to be had. And look, I'm always happy to hear from Twink. So uh, long, long may she ring Joe Duffy. Cassie Delaney, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, that is Cassie Delaney, founder of the Tall Tales Podcast Network. Have a great week, Cass. Thank you. you Thanks, Emil. Louise McSharry on 2FM.